Boom, what's up everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakian. Very excited to be talking about music production. We have Nico Korlog joining us. Hello. Hello. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely, anytime. Super excited for this. Nico, I'm so happy we ran into each other when we were at Boost VC doing the interview with Tim Draper. Sure. Wandered downstairs and I saw you and you were- I was sitting there working on some adaptive music for, I think it was for MiU at that point. And I was like, hmm, adaptive what is, music. What's this dude doing? What's this dude doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and here we are on the show together. For those that don't know Nico's background, Nico Korlog is a graduate of San Francisco Conservatory of Music with a background in classical and electronic music composition and game audio implementation. His clients have included Oculus, Razer, and a slew of independent game developers and filmmakers. He's also an accomplished pop producer. And you can find the links in the bio below to nicocorlogmusic.com, as well as his SoundCloud and theavaloki.com as well. All right, Nico, let's start things off with one of our favorite questions to ask our guests. What are your thoughts on the direction of our world? There's just so much going on. It's hard to keep track. I try to listen to NPR and like read all the political news. Um, I think... Um, I'm not really happy with the direction that this country is going in um, with the leadership of our president right now. Um, I hope that Bernie gets elected <laughs> um, and uh, I feel like there are, there are so many possibilities and there's so much technology um, and there's so many initiatives that are pushing the world in a better direction, things like um, self-driving cars and uh, research into fusion um, that I feel like could balance out some of the negativity um, that's going on like in the Middle East and the Huawei thing in China and um, but it's like we don't know what's gonna work and what's not and um, everybody I guess is just trying to do their best to make the world a better place so um. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, sh the, sh the amount of times that we've asked that question and the answer has been that, oh, we both live in a dystopia and a utopia. Right, I mean, it's so a dystopia for some people and a utopia for others, and I think that, that it's probably everybody's responsibility to kind of close that gap. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and, uh, and we always like to make it like if the current status of like the, the, the richest in the world and the poorest in the world are like this, let's say, it doesn't have to be that they, the rich have to come down. It can be that the poorest come up just faster with everyone, yeah. the pie gets bigger. Yeah, there's, um, there's a concept that um, some governments are, are exploring, which is um, universal basic income, yep. and I think that could potentially I mean, there are two sides of that. Uh, I don't know that much about it, but I think that it has the potential to, to kind of equalize things, but it also has the potential to like create inflation. Um, so like um, finding a, a balance between those things and, and trying to maybe you know tax the rich more and raise minimum wage and that kind of thing would be fantastic, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is a good kickoff to the convos. Um, let's jump into the journey. So you're born in Redwood City here in the Bay Area. In the park. Or actually Stanford Hospital. Oh, you're yeah. born at Stanford Hospital, yeah. but grew up in yeah. Redwood City. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this general area. Yeah. This general area. Yes, yes. How did you pick up your interest in music? It's a good question. Um, one that I've thought about a lot. There were a lot of influences in my early life. 
that led me to a path of music. Um, namely, my parents exposing me to all sorts of music when I was a kid. Um, my mother would take me to the symphony. Um, she would uh, play marching games with me, um, like rhythm instruments, just all sorts of little music things that she just thought were an, an enriching experience and turned out to be like my formative music uh, training. Um, that said, uh, she always thought it was a good idea to learn an instrument. So when I was in kindergarten, first grade, I started taking piano lessons um, before school once a week um, and just continued that for a couple of years and then eventually went to start taking voice lessons. I got bored with piano and then after voice lessons, I kind of like rediscovered the piano and started like noodling around and trying to figure stuff out by ear and like um, hearing songs on the radio and trying to like copy them. Um, mm. And that turned into like absorbing all of those musical patterns um, to where I realized I could like take those patterns and like experiment with them and build my own music with them. And so it's just like expanded from there. It was like. Yeah, the influences of things like going to the symphony or things like even just playing around with a parent, um, just for parents to be able to uh, to inspire their kids to, to venture into sound in that way, I think is so important. And it's such something that comes uh, with it's such a major part of our evolutionary origin story as well. And then, okay, so piano and singing were yes. big. And then you kind of figured out that you could like take pieces and like remix them yourself and start. Yeah, exploring. yeah. I mean, it, was, it started with very simple, like, um, what was the name of that song? Um, famous slow dance song, uh, Right Here Waiting, was the first thing that I learned on the piano. It was like a really simple, like one, five, one left hand line and a melody in the right hand. Um, and that was a pattern that I could like take and move around the keyboard and like experiment with and um, yeah and, and that's like the core of everything that I do right now like when I work on a game soundtrack or something I will listen to somebody else's music hear what the patterns are and it. take it play with it turn it into my own thing so yeah that's such a great way to be able to to both have an an input stream from people that you consider leaders or um, that you think are doing a really good job and then to output your own take on what yeah. you took in and yeah. Yeah, I mean that is actually one of the best ways to learn is to like really critically study other people's music, people at the top of their field and like yes. take their techniques and make them your own. That's basically how I learned everything. God, that's like that that principle like in education itself is such a big one to find the leaders in the field that you aspire to to be successful yeah. in yeah, yeah. and learn from them watch them very carefully take lots of notes um be a student and yes. then remix and apply yeah. yeah yeah and when i was at at a conservatory i got to study with some like really successful, kind of well-known-ish um, video game composers and sitting down and watching their process and listening to them talk about how they went about their own music was 
like a big part of like there was uh, an assignment that I had to do weekly, which was like listen to a track, right? It could be anything. It's like video game music or like pop song or like a hip hop tune or whatever. Take that track and like recreate it from scratch. And so that I I would credit to um, I, would, I would credit that with uh, giving me the ability to be as versatile as I am because studying all sorts of different kinds of music um, was basically forced upon us. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, th and this is something else that I think is so interesting, and I highly recommend people to go to Nico's SoundCloud profile and go and take a listen to some of the music. But it's so diverse, and I. It's everything from pop to film scores to video game pieces. Like, I love it. It's all over the place. And it all, and a lot of, like, we were listening to Pump earlier. Yeah. And uh, now that wasn't what was played at the beginning, but we were listening to it beforehand. And Pump is so good. It's very ancient. I love that aspect to it. Um, I'm a very big romantic of, of, of the past. <laughs> sure. So let's take a, take us into the San Francisco Conservatory of Music days. Okay. So you're giving us a little bit of that. Um, what even is is that like? So it's located here by the Civic yeah, Center. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, right yeah. Right nearby. Um, what programs kind of a are there there? Hidden gem of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, like 400 students. 400. So, so it's not a very big school. And um, two year, four year. Uh, there, there's a four year degree in. There are a bunch of different programs. There's like performance and teaching and um, like uh, jazz. There's a new jazz program there. Um, percussion, all sorts of classical instruments. The program that I was a part of um, is called TAC, which is the Technology and Applied Composition Program. Nice. Basically, um, a, a, a four-year bachelor's degree um, that teaches you um, the basics of how to be a media composer um, with, mm -hmm. a f with a focus on um, video game music. Mm -hmm. um, so we studied all sorts of stuff. Um, at one point I was taking like three music history classes at the same time along with musicianship and theory and um, private composition lessons. It was just like a really intense educational experience. A lot of work, a lot of late nights. Um, I learned a lot. I met a lot of really great people. Um, but yeah, the TAC program is new. Um, it was new in the year 2015. Um, and they're making all sorts of connections with industry professionals and sending students to China for uh, kind of immersion, cultural exchange kind of trips and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a program to look out for. There are already a couple of pretty successful students who, like, one is Jana Ma, who's now a future-based producer, and she goes and plays huge shows in the Bay Area. Um, she get, gets recognized on the street, so um, nice. you can probably expect a little bit more of that from the TAC program. I don't know. Um, we'll see. See how things turn out. I love that. Okay, and then what is it like then when you're you know going through? So it's T A T A Technology and Applied Composition. Technology so and Applied Composition. So T A A. 
TAC or just TAC? Just TAC. Yeah, technology and applied yeah. composition. So when you when you start learning how to compose, I mean, you you were obviously doing it a lot as a kid, and like right. when you go in, it really obviously heavily benefits to have done this a lot when you were yes. younger. When you're in there and you're thinking about different ways to apply it, I mean, video games is one of the ways to apply it. Um, but you're doing things like, of course, learning from top video game producers and their soundtracks, but also doing things like even finding things in music that is not in video games and applying that yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things about the TAC program that's really um, amazing is that it gives all the students tools that they can take in any number of directions. I was just talking to one of my friends, Chris, um, who's a graduate of the TAC program, and he was like, there's just so much you can do with it. Um, people can go be media composers, they can write for television, they can write for games, they could go be a live sound engineer at a venue, they could become a mix engineer and record bands, you know? Um, yeah. They could be pop stars, you know? Yeah. Like, all of these things. And I think the part of my problem is um, I, I want to do literally all of those, all things, of those things at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, I, I have musical ADHD. Like you see the variety of the music that yeah. I have on my, on my page. It's like every new piece that I write is a totally different entity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I just like, I want to do everything. So. We have knowledge ADD here. Yeah. <laughs> We're such a multidisciplinary show, so I love that. That's funny that you, that, you, that you say that. And I think that actually ends up helping you become like a, a, po a polymath in the music space, just like we're trying to be a polymath in the knowledge space. Sure. And so I think that um, a lot of people will come to you because of that as well, that you're very deep on breadth. Um, so I, I, I like that a lot. Um, so, okay, so then, so then when do you actually start doing things like... Uh, like, di like actually diagnosing these, you were teaching me about this, timbers, palettes, colors of music. We actually learned from another friend that we featured, Shirley Spikes, that she calls it the biology of sound. Oh, yeah, that's a perfect, perfect <laughs> apt description. The it. biology of sound. Um, I went to a lecture the other night and um, the, the lecturer um, made a, like a, a parallel between like the construction of a whole piece of music is like similar to um, the way a the sense of self is like comprised of different components that all work together to a con coherent whole. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, biology of sound um, makes sense. Um, I think. What you're talking about was um, like timbres and uh, different um, structures and a lot of contours and uh, colors and gestures and um, all of those are tools and techniques um, that are um, th that you can invoke, you know, uh, depending on what style of music you want. Um, there are different tools and techniques that I would apply if I'm working on a pop song that I wouldn't apply, you know, if I'm working on a video game. Um, each one of these different styles that I work in um, has its own kind of series of quirks. Um, and so I find it really enjoyable to like listen to a genre of music and try to break down like into concrete, like really solid qualities. like. 
bass music, for instance, okay, it has a drum and bass beat. The snare drum sounds, it's a very specific snare drum sound. It sounds like um, a, like a, a dubstep or drum and bass snare. Um, there's a super low sub bass that is always a huge round sine wave. But then, you know, there's often like a gritty modulated thing on top. Like all of these things are qualities of that specific type of music. And so like having a, a comprehensive knowledge of like what qualities make for a good track in a specific genre is really important if you want to be able to write music in a bunch of different styles. And I'm always trying to learn and build that <laughs> library um, as I go along. Because, you know, every time I get a new gig, it's something different. Um, so I, there's always stuff to learn. And this would be maybe good to show the digital audio workstation? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, let's, sure. so let's show that and break this down. Because there, I think a good way to describe it is to actually show these little, um, they're, what do you call these little, um, are they like, would you call it like a little mo module or what? Yeah, these are regions. Regions, they're called um, regions? So this is a MIDI region. Uh, this line here is one MIDI note. Oh, yeah, so um, what, and what does MIDI stand for? Musical Instrument Digital Interface. Musical it's a, it's a way of yeah. um, taking data from like a keyboard and sending it to a MIDI module which actually makes sound or um, digital audio workstations use it um, to control uh, instruments. Um, and so for, for instance, this here, um, oh, if it doesn't lag on me, um, is a, a synthesizer. Um, this MIDI data here um, is sent to this, um, which sends, sends output to the stereo output bus. Um, and so any, any track that I work on has like, I don't know, 15, 20, 50, 100 tracks, each one having an instrument. Okay, so what, what, is, every, what, what, what is every row that we see? Is that a different That's a different instrument. That's, yeah. So every row is a different instrument, and then, the, and then when you click into one of those little regions... Yeah, then you then, can ch change the actual notes. And like, then you can you change know, the notes in that you know, region. Note up and down. Move the note up and down. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like play play like, play it in uh, on a oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Move it between that range of really yeah. high to really low. Absolutely. And it, you can actually, you know, zoom um, zoom out so you can see like that's oh goes yeah. from C negative two to C eight. Yeah. Which is the And then you pick uh, you know, you're picking how how often it's appearing that note or what sure. variation of that note and then you're stacking all the different instruments. Yes. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, you get fast at it if you do it a couple hours every day. Yeah. Um, how do you know, well, first of all, is, is this Ableton? No, this is, uh, this is Logic. I have, logic. I have an old version of Ableton on this machine. Um, so, so Logic, Ableton, these are kind of big logic, ones. Logic, Ableton, Pro Tools, Performer, Cubase, they all basically do the same, same thing, thing in different ways. And, um, then, and then is, is the, like, 
it looks like there's a little like library on the yeah, left. Yeah, I, I don't need that. I don't use that. I that's that's for selecting like pre pre created patches. Pre created patches. Um, usually, okay. I try and either select a library that I've bought or program my own sounds. So sounds, like the yeah. stock Logic sounds are not like they're great. they're okay for beginners. Yeah. For begin yeah yeah. Okay, and then how would you um, how would you go about doing something like taking a an idea sure. and turning that into music for your video game, a film, like all these different options pop songs. Um, it's a different process every time. Um, a lot of the time it includes me sitting down at the piano and improvising and like making up themes and riffs and chord progressions. Um, and then eventually taking those, memorizing them, and moving them to the digital audio workstation, and then kind of fleshing them out with uh, the sound palette that I've chosen for that particular piece. Um, sometimes, like there's this this particular project, I'll play like a little bit of it. Um, yeah. This this particular project is. Can um, you hear that, Ronnie? Yeah. Great. Uh, it's like an ambient piece. Um, based on a, a mixed media art piece. Um, and so the process for this one is a little bit different from what I just described because um, a lot of the sounds that I've chosen are based on like my impression of what the media looks like. So like black lines that branch off sound like sticks so I'll use a recording of a stick. Um, whiteness sounds like snow. I'll use footsteps mm. crunching in snow. Um, so, for this particular piece, I feel like the art is not in even the result, but the art is in like inventing a new process, process that yeah. that creates. It's it's uh, I approach it almost scientifically. Yeah. Um, so there's parts, like a recipe. You so like know? parts of the idea, you maybe try and like break down parts of the idea, and you're like, okay, what's the science or the art that I need to do with music to make yeah. for that specific part oh, of yeah. the idea? And then you like toy and tinker and get that part, and then you're like, okay, well, what about this next part of the idea? And science yeah. and art to figure out the yeah, process. Yeah, yeah, that's the, hit the nail. That's hit the nail and on the this head. is so good because that's also we talk about this so much, but anyone that's playing the game of life for the trophy is missing the point of the game because <laughs> the game is about the journey about the process yeah. and that's why it's so important to keep up a really um just a, like a, an attitude of like divinity that we're here being a nerve ending of god experiencing itself and needing to follow our purpose and remember sure. that and sure and be in love with that process i love that and then now, okay, well now give us the, give us the bit on, um, like, this is really tough because, you know, you're teaching me a bit about this when we first talked, but like, for all these different games that people play, like, you know, when we're, when we're sitting there playing a game, we don't typically think about, oh, I've walked into, like closer to a certain object and all of a sudden I'm hearing that object louder. Right. That's the adaptive. So, so that's, that's the idea behind uh, adaptive music is that um, in video games you may not be aware of it while you're playing a video game, but the music is usually, if not always, dynamically changing depending on what you're doing and where you are. Um, and to, to do something like that is very different from writing like a piece of music that starts here and ends here. Yeah. Um, 
a piece of adaptive music for a video game has many layers and loops and transitions. And the way that I like to conceptualize adaptive music is like, not like a movie, but like a flowchart, um, where each zone or each character or each action has a different theme. And they all kind of flow into each other and can loop back. And um, it's a, actually a useful way of, of describing um, a, a piece of adaptive music before you've created it is actually drawing out a flowchart of different areas and how the music's going to interact so that you can know, you know, this transition has to work with these two loops. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, some of the, the software that we use for um, adaptive music is um, FMOD uh, and WYSE. Um, both of which take information from a game engine that's actually running the game um, and use that information to change levels and change transitions and change all sorts of modulatable parameters um, while the game is actually running. This is such an important lesson in how things work. To be able to dive deeper into, like, you literally tie potentially a piece of looping music around an object in the game. And then when Possible. people walk closer That's to it, you hear it louder, further. One of, one of many things that can be done. When you, you can move tie between a, scenes in the Tie game. a loop to an area or tie a loop to, um, you know, your teammate or... Oh yeah, um, Like cool. all sorts of uh, different ways and different combinations and... Gosh, these are so complicated, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean... It's a little bit like a puzzle. Yeah. Um, but like this whole this whole field is like this organic mosh of like different techniques and different sounds and different and and you have to like take all these ideas and like mold them to fit whatever project you're working on at that given time. Um, so yeah, and also it totally feels like when we're outside you know on the street and there's cars driving by that that in a sense is the car audio being yeah <laughs> pushed yeah i mean the it's the bird chirp audio <laughs> being pushed i um i i'm not going to talk about it uh, live right now but um i've been like doing a little bit of uh thinking and experimentation about like gamifying music and applying adaptive music in the real world cool. outside of video games, um, which I think um, once it catches on, if it catches on, um, people will be surprised when the music doesn't change based on what they're doing. What they're, oh, yeah. oh, damn. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's yeah. that's like a crazy pie-in-the-sky prediction. I don't know how things are going to work out. but Yeah, um, it's already, in a sense, kind of like that with wherever you are and whatever you're doing, the music is changing in the background. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But to, to have it be specifically be designed and engineered for you have a beautiful experience in a specific location. I mean, okay, so right now, I think right now, the way that music is used in like commercial venues and stores and whatever um, is to manipulate the consumer, right? 
And yeah. if that experience was interactive, if mm. it responded to the consumer, Ooh. the consumer would feel like they're in control, right? Mm. Um, and it would be more personalized. Um, yeah, so I, I think there's a lot of possibility. Like all of these ideas come from video games, right? Like, um, we'll just see what happens. I don't know if, I think one of the big things is like changing music like on your Spotify, like if there's an ad um, <coughs> playing an appropriate song for driving past McDonald's, right? When you're in the car, um, things like that, like totally mm. possible and, and totally feasible. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah. You're giving the corporate ideas. Don't give this, hey, we got to make money. <laughs> the small rookies, the, the ideas are like, how can you make it so that you get more spiritual music that plays when you're um, maybe uh, exploring a park or oh, an area of wilderness? Um, yeah, but that, that doesn't sell. <laughs> I, 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 I would bet you that it does. There's a lot of stuff going on in VR right now. Um, uh, like meditation apps. I'm, I'm going to be working on a, a VR um, like EEG biofeedback Those thing. are awesome. They're already really <laughs> getting popular in the space. I love with, them. with adaptive music. Yeah. Um, and when, you're, when you're more meditative, the music changes. When you're less meditative, it changes. You have like right. a close loop. Right, 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 right. It's so good. Yeah, so... Um, it's I find it really interesting. There's a lot of overlap between like spiritual, um, transcendental community and the VR community, which is like yeah. something that I wouldn't expect because VR is such a high tech new toy. Mm -hmm. You'd think it would be tacky as a bit. There are a lot of artists and people who are very spiritual um, yeah. who are way into VR and creating the experience and actually like creating the scene. You know, the VR world right now is like an art scene. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, it's a big scene for people to get there f um, first. Like people say, oh, how hard is it to become like the world's best jazz musician? Well, how much easier is it to become the f world's first VR jazz right. musician? Uh, the yeah. first VR jazz. Yeah. Uh, is, there, is there a VR jazz musician? Yeah. Look so it up. <laughs> these, yeah, so these are the questions that you ask because some people even go as far as and say that the we the generation uh, millennials and generation z are the generation that can be the first in the virtual and augmented reality spaces because we're born too uh, early the kids that are born now and in like the 23rd 2020s and 2030s will be the space exploration generation so yeah. i think it's kind of interesting that uh, are there any ron any vr jazz peeps <laughs> I'm, I'm reading uh, eight is a breakthrough for virtual reality in classical music. I love it. Hey, See? cool. I love it. Like there's a, so the I really got to get my, my rift up and going again. Yeah. Eight is a so-called mixed reality work by the Dutch composer, Michael van der Ah. Michael van der Ah. So he's, he's going to be in, in textbooks in a hundred years. See, that's what's yeah, right? the first. Yeah. That's, that's a great because, way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. and te textbooks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, educational yeah. experience. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
God, imagine bootstrapping that, like, yeah. like a At this age, yeah. VR becoming, like creating something that teaches people about its own inception. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so meta. I love it. Yeah. So be the first. I mean, that's another great way to put it is, you know, be the be as as the first in the spaces that are emerging and um, and get sharing that with more kids. Um, OK, that was a, a, a bit on um, adaptive music as well. I want to I want to hear what it was like um, working with the artists in like the pop space. You were telling us about this artist that you've been working with um, in New York City that comes out here. Yeah. 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 So. Um I write pop music um, as kind of my own personal expression, um, and I have a lot of fun doing it. Um, typically, I'll go out to like open mics and I'll go play a couple songs on the piano, and I'll meet some singers, and I'll, if I like somebody's voice, then I'll write a song for them, and they'll come over and record. Um, it would be cool to like do that professionally um but like i said before there are so many different directions that i could go with what i've learned that it's like whatever catches on is what i'm gonna do um and i'll be like beyond happy um to either continue you know working in games or working in pop or like doing production work or whatever um <clears throat> why don't we play a little bit of that pop song Let's do it. Um, I would love to. The one with Jaden. Yeah. That's a great idea. This is another one of the ones on the SoundCloud page that I highly recommend listening to. Let's see if I can find it. Does that work? A little louder. Louder. I think that's a, about All as right, high I'll as it goes. Alright, I'll bring it up on my head. Well, I guess let it play through the whole thing. Um, or at least to the second. The second verse is the good part. Do we want to maybe... How far in is the second verse? Or actually, yeah, I'll just play the first, first verse and then first chorus. <laughs> Rocking out over there. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it, what was the name of that lady that's, singing? Uh, that's my friend Jaden. Actually, I went to school with her um, when I was younger. She lives in New York, and whenever she's in town, I just write a song for her, and we record and just hang out. It's a good time. That's good stuff. <laughs> that's good stuff. That's, that's a good friendship. I love stuff like that. These are great stories for how to engage other young people to get involved. You know, picking it up, having parents influence, help pick it up with music at young ages, get into digital audio workstations, get into producing stuff, just pick up friends that are also maybe singing and just like, hey, let's compose something together, make a good friendship like that. Try yeah, out video games, try out film scores, try out pop. Absolutely. I mean, the possibilities are endless. And uh, I mean, one of music's main functions is bringing people together, right? Whether it's going together to a show or playing a video game together or writing a song together or um, having arguments over what <laughs> genre of indie pop is better, you know? Um, Let's, will you teach us about what it was like working with, um, with Oculus and Razer? Like, what, are, what is it like working with some of the... Working, very, yeah. very interesting, very different from working with a, a single collaborator or a small team. Yes. Um, big corporations move slow. Yeah. Um, though, uh, working with Oculus, I had a lot of freedom to work with a bunch of independent teams. That's great. Um, yeah. Basically what happened was Oculus hired me to write music for demos written by um, participants of the Oculus Launchpad program. And so basically I was, I was there to support each one of these teams um, to create the sound effects and the music that best fit um, their their project. So there is a lot of freedom there and a lot of trying to interpret what each and every team wanted and needed for their experience and what, what worked best. And there were times when I had to um, use my own judgment like this is not a good idea musically we should try something like this because this is what's standard and like um, the aesthetics don't match. If you want to have like for instance um, like anime soundtrack jazz with like a futuristic um, like dystopian fighting game like it just doesn't really match you know yeah, so yeah. like trying to be that dictionary of um, of what aesthetically works uh, together with a particular style yeah um, interesting experience I ended up writing um an hour and 15 minutes of music for 15 different game demos last year. Um, Whoa. Which was, yeah, and each one of those games was like a different style um, and a different team. Um, so it was a lot of juggling, like perfect for, you know, ADHD, like going between project to project and having like a yeah. bunch of different stuff to do. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It's a fun time. And then what's the difference um, between um, that and then obviously the teams are much smaller with like Avaloki right. and also with Mew, which I love playing Mew. Mew was a lot of fun. Um, it was really cool having like a big avatar mirror me and like be able to change its color and it's like, like the smoothing algorithm on the pixels were so interesting. And that was fun, we interviewed Sarah Hashke, so that was cool. But Avaloki, I haven't played that. That actually um, is up on Steam for 399 right now. It's a cool story. It's, a, it's yeah. a it's the 
the hypothetical beginning of a series. Um, basically, these two kids uh, are missing their father, who um, we learn was probably abducted um, because he had magical powers. Um, and um, in this experience, you go in and embody a spirit called the Avaloki, and you guide these children through memories um, and give them insight into um, their situation and how to find their father. Um, I think this particular project is kind of unique because it blends both um, 3D animation and tilt brush animation. I don't know if you know about um, yeah. what tilt it's brush gorgeous. is. Yeah. Um, we have this amazing tilt brush artist, Estella C, and she, I think she basically does tilt brush art professionally, yeah. like that's yeah. what she does. Um, and so she created these um, like augmented 2D, 3D kind of layered beautiful 3D paintings that you get to experience in Avaloki. Um, I highly recommend checking it out. I can talk uh, a little bit about the soundtrack. It was um, a 20 minute uh, soundtrack, or uh, like 18 and a half minutes. Um, and r was written over probably about six months. Um, I recorded live uh, cello, live piano, um, and live arhu. I found an arhu player yeah. Um, what is that? An arhu. It's uh, I, I hear it described as a Chinese violin. Okay. Um, it's a an instrument that has like kind of a barrel shaped um, head and then a neck with mm -hmm. uh, some strings and the bow is kind of hooks underneath the strings. Oh. And it has okay. kind of like if you play it poorly, it sounds like a mosquito. Um, <laughs> if you play it well, it sounds almost like somebody singing. Um, it's very, oh, very typical okay. Chinese okay. musical instrument. Yeah, I believe, yeah you'll I, hear it. I believe I saw people playing in Chinatown. Recently. Yeah, probably. Recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I found an Arhu player to was uh, named John. Um, he recorded a bunch of improvised stuff. Like he was classically trained in Arhu in China, and so I just showed him the key that he was in and some of the chord progressions and he just improvised and I took some of it and chopped it up. I did also write some actual lines for him to play. Yeah. Um, but that recording process was like all self-driven. Um, I didn't have an engineer um, except at the very end to do the final mix down. Um, so I did all the engineering and the recording um, and the music preparation and the production and all that stuff um, and I think the result was fantastic. I was very happy with how it turned out, um, especially the synthesis of all the different team members' abilities, like all coming together into this one coherent whole. Finally, um, yeah, yeah. Super beautiful. So, Avaloki. Yeah, check that out as well. That link's in the bio. And it's cool to be able to make music for VR games now as well. The adaptive music technologies have been. I have. I have another. Um, question that I think is really important to ask. What are your thoughts on music's relationship to consciousness and spirituality? Um, I think that's a super individualistic question. Everybody probably has a different relationship to music um, spiritually. Um, I am 50% 
skeptic and 50% crazy about this kind of thing. Um, like, I grew up being super, super, super analytical. Um, so I love studying how people relate to music and how, like, there are some literal changes that happen in the brain when you listen to, like, drones or music with um, uh, pulses of specific durations, like uh, half hertz half hertz pulse can actually change um, the the rhythms of your brain waves. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm skeptical about um, like binaural beats. I don't think there's that much research about it that like really confirms it. So I, that's, that's kind of pseudoscience. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, music has always created emotions and experiences for me that I can't explain. Yeah. Um, and so um, I just want to explore that. And yes. there are many ways of doing that, um, whether it's, you know, jamming with people or um, writing meditative music or writing music that excites or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Damn, yeah, mu the power of music to just, just, change, just change emotion within. Ron and I were just at the San Francisco Symphony at Stern Groven. What did you hear? Wow, Tchaikovsky, the, um, what else did we hear, Ronnie? The opera singer, Lauren Decker. Oh, she was great. Edwin Outwater was the conductor. They did pictures at an exhibition in, uh, Machislava. Yep. yep. And uh, Pro prom promenade, promenade is in pictures of an exposition. Every uh, yeah. uh, movement, it, they go back into that piece. Is oh. that, well, that yeah. that's Mazorsky, right? Yes. Yeah. It was so good, and and then that. But plus, Ron and I will occasionally in the studio just throw on a song. Like, what do we throw on? Um, of the, the la 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 the old school song and like <laughs> from like the two from 2000 or whatever um, which one was who it? was that uh, uh um all, all atb all around the world yeah all around the world i think all oh uh, so all, uh atb the atb yeah. the kisses like, of the sun yeah. sweet that's that's the they that they're the trance the trance group right yes yeah, yeah, yeah. They cr crushed it. Yeah, they, they had a song called "Don't Stop" that I used to listen to all no, the time. See, see, see. Now these things. Uh, not, not, not too long. We don't want to get a copyright strike. I know. Yeah, I know, yeah. Just I a little know. bit. Yeah. 30, less than thirty yeah. seconds. You should be fine. We should be fine with like really short. Um, but so that, and then it's just crazy how Ron and I just by turning it on, we were just both like, oh my gosh, it's been so long. Our whole body's changed. You know, that, that that's such a profound thing that music can do to humans and when you do it on like a meditative Ron, Ron we're currently um, uh, being uh, uh, interestingly uh, coming out by p picking universities interested to have us go out there to do interviews oh, cool. and so um, Ron just started playing music like from China and in the studio and right. it was doing some straight up subconscious programming for me getting me ready and i found one track that he played i think it was once upon a time this really just like 
like nature plus string instruments and anyway I've been listening to that while and it's just like it just changes you it connects you the music has the potential also to kind of like tune us to yeah. our divine alignment with what our purpose is to our to mother to source sure I love that about music I think I think everybody has their own vocabulary to describe yeah. what music does um, and that's not to say anybody's particular belief system or vocabulary is wrong. It's just different ways of accessing sort of the same yeah. underlying concepts. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, there, there are emotions that music can induce that are not in line with anything that exists outside of listening to music. Like, there are certain songs that I feel a specific way, and I can't say, okay, I feel happy, I feel melancholy. It's like an artificial emotion that only comes from listening to a specific type of music, which I, 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 I've never heard anybody really describe anything like that before. Um, I'd love to hear if anybody has research yeah, yeah. on some moods like that. Um, Music has the potential yeah. to inspire unity, which we so absolutely us all the that way was, to the beginning. That was another thing said. that yeah. I, that I was uh, there was um, the lecture that I went to the other night. Um, the lecturer said that um, there were studies in chimpanzees that um, vocalizations and social grooming can bind together a group of maybe six to eight chimpanzees, right? Yeah, and, sounds like us already. <laughs> and um, in humans, our own specific vocabulary and our like subcultural um, like culture uh, can bind together 15 or 20 people. Totally. Um, but music, or singing along to something oh, can bind yeah. together thousands, thousands and thousands and, and thousands, of, thousands of, people. of people. Hundreds of thousands, millions um, across the planet all together yeah. at the same time. So Huge potential. Yeah, and, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier, that music brings people together. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably one of the most important things about it. <laughs> and it was so funny because um, um, Mario Gaviotti was just on the show and he was telling us about how food brings people together oh, around yeah. the table. It's so great how food, music, all these things, sharing educational experiences together, have the potential to bring us together. And we, we gotta really do that moving forward into this crazy exponential technology, geopolitical hodgepodge of, of mayhem. Yes, yeah. the hodgepodge of mayhem. That's my next metal band. <laughs> We gave you a, before we started, Cosmic Archaeology. Cosmic Archaeology. We hope to hear that I as keep a title. A, I keep a running list of like names for pieces because I'm writing all the time and I don't have, always have a good name for pieces. Yeah, so yeah. Cosmic, uh, what was it? Something Mayhem? We just... Oh, Hodgepodge Hodge Mayhem. <laughs> Where's my phone? Where's my phone? I got, Here, I got I'll, I'll write it down for now. I'll remind you after. Hodgepodge <laughs> of Mayhem. Show mayhem. <laughs> Take notes. All right, let's ask you two questions on the way out. First sure. question is, are we in a simulation? 
Uh, potentially, I mean, is that verifiable? Is that a falsifiable statement? No, are we ever gonna know? Maybe, I don't know. At this point, we don't do, I mean, Elon Musk thinks we're in a simulation, right? Um, I've, I, I was like, in high school, I, I had friends, I wanted to start a cult of simulism. Simulism. Um, simulism. Cult of simulism. Oh, ah, another another one. One. I like that. Cult of simulism. Simulism. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll remind you of that. After. That's a very deep philosophical question. I'm not sure I'm qualified to comment other than the fact that the possibility is more interesting to me than whether or not it's resolved and real or not. And then how about, what is the most beautiful thing in the world? Mm. I would say sound, I would say creativity, I would say diversity. Um, yeah art in general, expression. I think expression, personal self-expression is probably the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah. Oof. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I love it, Ego, I love it. I love it. This has been super fun. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and teaching us about all this. For sure. Huge pleasure. Thank you. Can we go Thank out you. with one of your tracks? Let's Instead, do it. Yeah, usually I'll start yeah, rolling in the uh, trailer let's music. Play a little, I'll bring it underneath, though. Let's play a little chocolate chip. Also, did you, chocolate make, chip did you mention right. Better Off Alone earlier when we were talking? The uh, trance I, track? Alice DJ? Was that you? Mm. Yeah. Right, never mind. Okay. Just roll yeah. the track. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. I think you may have, maybe. Okay. okay. All right. Hodgepodge and of mayhem. The hodgepodge of mayhem. I love it. I love it. That one's going to stick with me forever. Okay, good, good. Cult of Simulism. There's so many good ones in there. Cosmic Archaeology. Okay, so we're closing with Chocolate Chip Cookie Dough. Again, that's on the SoundCloud. Again, that's soundcloud.com forward slash Nico This is, a, this is a, stock, a stock track that I wrote. Um, it was originally going to be a pop song, but then I decided to finish it and... Um, submit it for television opportunities so you know if there's a ice cream store out there that needs a theme song that's the, um, the use case for this one okay. there's so much um diverse music on there one of the most beautiful things was diversity love that so much diverse music on there check it out everyone a uh, huge shout out thank you for tuning in we greatly appreciate it we would love to hear your thoughts in the comments below on the episode Talk more about music production. Talk more about things like adaptive music, about everything from video game soundtracks, instrumental film scores, pop music, all this different type of stuff. Virtual reality, the future of that as well. Get talking about that more with friends, families, coworkers, people online, social media. Give us thoughts in the comments. Also, check out the links in the bio. That's nicocorlogmusic.com, SoundCloud, nicocorlog, and avaloki.com. Shout out to Ron Vogus for producing and directing. Thank you very much, Ronnie and support the artists, the entrepreneurs, the spiritual leaders, organizations around the world that you believe in, support them, help them grow, support simulation, our links are below, Patreon, PayPal, cryptocurrencies all below, also design cool merch and get paid, that link is below as well. And go and build the future, everyone. 
manifest your dreams into the world. We love you very much. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you soon. Peace.